Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to 315 Hockey Live, brought to you by 315hockey.com and powered by My Little Falls. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and you know, Dave, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm laughing already. You're already, you're, you're, you just can't, can't even control yourself I already. I think this is a new record, by the way. We're, what, 30 seconds into the show? 30 seconds in, we're off the rails. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. That, forget Jordy's it. It's over. It's over. <laughs> It's all about the surgery. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Because it's the little things, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's the little things. Uh, uh, but, you know, anyways, we have a, a very interesting show tonight. Because, you know, normally we're always talking about what happens on the ice. You know, be it goals, assists, big saves, big games, and stuff like that. Tonight we're going to go behind the scenes a little bit. And we're going to take a look and see what it takes to keep the, the players that we love to watch play, keeping them healthy and and performing at peak physical condition at all times. And I need this. What? what? <laughs> I need this. <laughs> well, you know what? You're going to get your opportunity to talk about it in a few minutes. Jordy, do not laugh that much. This is not right. <laughs> uh, well, you're just having too much fun with this. You I know, know that, I right? I know, yeah. You just are. It was, it was the voice recording <laughs> we did before we came on the oh, air. Oh, Jordy, you yep. should have seen that. That yeah, was he, awesome. Hey, Jordy, he did, he, did, he did WWE. I mean, it was awesome. I, I needed something recorded. And, uh, yeah, I said, put on your circus Barker voice. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, but anyways, tonight we have got the assistant athletic trainer for the Utica Commons, Mr. Ryan Monaco, coming on. A um, little bit of a scheduling conflict. He'll be in at 7.15 tonight. But he is coming on. And, it, and I tell you, I've been really looking forward to something like this because, you know, you, you, you wonder. You know, you, you, we can break down plays and we can watch the X's and O's and, and all that all we want. But you're always kind of in the back of your head wondering, you know, geez, you know, what does it take to keep these guys performing at the level that they do? Because well, let's face it, they're performing at a much higher physical level than, you know, your normal person would be. For sure, <laughs> yeah, right? Us for sure. <laughs> well, well, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's them, there's the, the normal one, and then there's us down here. Yeah, really. <laughs> Below the Beer League. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to discuss that with him, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, but before he comes on, so what we normally do is we normally have our guests first, and then we go into segment two to talk about local news and wrap-up and all that. We're going to do it a little bit differently tonight. We're going to do a flip-flop. So we're going to do segment two first, and then when Ryan comes in, we're going to just jump right into segment one. Awesome. You Almost know? warm enough for flip-flops. Let's go. I tell you, it is. It's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. You know, but... So, to kick off the local news, uh, you know what? We here at 315 Hockey Live just want to say congratulations to Danielle Serdachny, uh, the captain of the Colgate Women's Raiders hockey team. Uh, she is representing Team Canada in the IIHF World's Women's Championships, which begin right now, actually, in Brampton, Ontario. Awesome. Yeah, they're playing uh, Team Switzerland. And uh, I'll tell you, Danielle is, is, a, is a superstar. There's just no getting around it. She really is. Um, you know... She was up for basically what you would the MVP, the, the Curzinger Award, I believe it's called, the, right. she, the MVP of women's hockey. Um, she was a, a finalist for that this year. You know, some could say that she definitely had a very, very legit shot at winning. And she had seventy-one points, mm. sure, which is which is awesome. Yeah, which is absolutely awesome. But anyways, uh, she's uh, representing Team Canada. Uh, they're playing. Right, as a matter of fact, you know what? They're on TV. I forgot to say that too. Oh, they're on the NHL Network. Oh, nice. You know, so if you All right, uh, see you later, you yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> there goes our audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun while it lasted, you know. <laughs> and speaking of fun while it lasted, here's our other co-host. There he is. You know, he is like the Ray Kroc of three one five hockey because he is the founder of three one five hockey. Mike Verminsky, Vermi, how are you? 
I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're not too bad. We were just talking about Daniel Sardekny playing in the uh, IIHF uh, Women's World Championships, which is on the it's NHL Network right now. Uh, I think right. that's that's pretty awesome. So, you know, I think I'm going to watch that when I get done here. Yeah. You know, and speaking of the Raiders, I, I tell you, you know, the, of course, the Raiders had a fantastic year, both the men's and the women's. Uh, the women's team, let, but day or two after our last show, the USCHL announced their all-star teams. So we couldn't get it in the last show. But darn it, we're doing it right now. Do it. And I'll tell you, what a surprise. Daniel Sudakti, first team USHL, USCHO All-Star. Uh, let's see, defender Allison Simpson. She was a second team USCHO All-Star. And forward Kelty Kaltanova is the third team USCHO All-Star. So I'll tell you, the, the honors and the accolades just keep rolling in for the Raiders. They were a great team. They were. They really are. And I, I tell you. They got a lot of players coming back. I, I think they can really make a fantastic run again next year. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, you know, I say this all the time, and people are probably sick of me hearing this say, yeah, I don't care. Okay, Get down to Colgate <laughs> next season. Get down there and watch I, one of those I, games. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to Go coming. ahead, hit your, hit your music. Uh, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to do music. Oh, I was just going to well, do, you know. I saw you reaching. There you go. Yeah, I saw you reaching I, for the, the keyboard I, I didn't there. Have, I wasn't ready for it, you know. Uh, uh, see, right, I, there we go. Wait a minute. What? Dave the Save wasn't ready. I had the volume turned down. I, I, I wasn't. I had a show earlier, and, you know, you fade out. And anyway. Still all rattled from the WWE voiceover. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> am. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, Vermin, we were just talking before he came on there about, uh, I actually got to do some voiceover work before the show started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was pretty funny. I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> this might be Dave's first and last job that he gets from this person, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, might be. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and Berm, like I was, I was just telling the audience here. Uh, uh, Ryan will be on at seven fifteen. Uh, a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so we're getting a segment two out of the way first. Uh, let's see, is it? It's the pick, Andy. <laughs> oh, you yeah, would, it is. Oh, you read this one? I can't. I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> well, of of all the other comments Andy. on there. Well, I can't. It was on the bottom, so I couldn't. You know. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. You know. Oh uh, boy. Jordy, you know, for a couple of weeks now, we've been talking about Utica Pioneers that have signed professional contracts, and I do believe you have an update on how they're doing. Yep, I sure do. So, first you have Connor Fedoric, who did go to the Kalamazoo Wings in the ECHL. He's played six games so far, has logged an assist, one point, two penalty minutes. Justin Allen is, I want to say over in the ECHL. I don't remember. I don't have the teams down, so I'm going to forget somebody's team. Yeah, Justin Allen but, and uh, Regan Kavanaugh with Norfolk of the ECHL. Yes, yep. thank you. Justin Allen has logged five games, an assist, and a point in a penalty minute, just like Fedoric. Kavanaugh has also played five games, but has two assists, two points. Mick Curran has played four games, has not logged any points. Uh, Lucas Herman, his teammate, over in... The SPHL also has played in five games, has four goals, two assists for six points, and has over a point per game. Lighten it up. Yep. Dante Zapata has played seven games, has one goal, two assists, three points. Brandon Osmondson hasn't played a game yet, sadly. He'll get in there. He will. And then John Monkovich has played three games with Fayetteville and has three goals. He he potted two in one night. Yeah. Starting to light it up. And he basically went back home and he said, hey, guess what I learned in Utica? Yep. <laughs> no, 
you know, I'm sure he's always a natural goal scorer anyway, but, you know, he gets to do it in front of his home state, which is so totally cool. And, you know, don't forget uh, recent Oswego graduate Alex, uh, Alex DiCarlo is with the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs of the, the SPHL, and he's got two goals, two assists, and seven games. So, you know, I'll tell you, the central New York region making everybody proud there. And you know what? We're going to talk about that in just a second, too, because the, I, I'm telling you, uh, Ryan will be on in a few minutes with the comments, but what a weekend this is. Uh, and what a what an end of the season in the AHL this really is turning into. Uh, that AHL North Division is just ridiculous right now. Absolutely ridiculous. I got it pulled up right here. Uh, Toronto's actually clinched the division, but then you get past Toronto. Syracuse is in second place with 75 points. The Comets are in third with 74. The Americans are in fourth with 74. Laval is in fifth with 68. And then Belleville and Cleveland both have 65. They're right outside the striking distance because you got to be in the top five to get into the playoffs. Guys, this is going to be really interesting, the way, the way this is going to end. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, that's – it's nerve-wracking for fans, of course, if you're a fan of any of those teams. But it's also so exciting because – and the thing to remember here, too, is Syracuse had a decided advantage over the Comets because they had a game in hand, right? And then that game Sunday turned into just basically a one-point game because it went to the shootout, which my daughter was thrilled, by the way. Finally, it was, it was she, awesome. finally, she finally got to see a shootout. Yeah. Because it's funny. I'll sidebar a little bit. every Because we have Comets season tickets – Every time that we've gone and they've gone to the shootout, we've actually left early for whatever reason. It was a school night, had to get her home and all that, and she's never seen the shootout. Oh, nice. So she finally got to see one in, in the conference. Oh, she board, didn't, so she was, didn't get the autograph she wanted. So well, I'll tell you, though, that well, because I'll tell you that they had the fan fest afterwards. My God, it was mobbed. Holy mackerel. I find, I'm like, I'm getting hungry here. <laughs> yeah, let's go eat. Forget the signatures. Like, can't, can't eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like here, I'll sign it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were you turned around just started signing yeah. everybody's stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. You probably could actually. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you, they wore those uh, those jerseys as well. The that was that, awesome. That, that you did the article on. <clears throat> yeah. No, I love those things. They really those were nice. I like those. Yep. Yeah, so we br- bring them back next year. I think so. Yeah, I think For so. You know, game. and I'll tell you, I think that's what I love the most about like when when. Teams do the different jerseys like that. It just kind of breaks up the monotony a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's awesome. And uh, what Barry say there? Let's see. <laughs> oh no, she, 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 she no. Dave asked her Barry, and she didn't want it. Oh, no, that's, that's not about the score. <laughs> Syracuse is. is up one nothing already. Actually, and that's in. They're playing tonight in Rochester. So as I was saying, Syracuse up until tonight has the game in hand on the Comets. After tonight, everybody's going to be even on the games played. So everybody's going to have, what, five games left? Something like that. And let's see, who got that Syracuse goal? It was Jack Finley. Jack Finley scored. So I'll tell you, if you're a Comets fan, the one thing you do not want is that game to turn into a three-point game. You want somebody to win that game in regulation. I don't think it really matters much at this point who wins, but it it can't go three points if you're a Comets fan because that's bad news. Yeah. Bad juju. (laughs) <laughs> uh, looking ahead at the schedule too So for the crunch They got Rochester tonight uh, They're at Rochester right now actually Friday night They come back to Syracuse To play the same Rochester Americans And then on Saturday They are home for the Laval Rocket 
or as a friend of the show, Kevin Gould would say, Rocket du Laval. <laughs> yeah. He'd be so proud of the French accent, too. Yes. Even though he would probably have got you screwed it up. You did. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> the Comets. Well, I'll tell you what. They got a tough game at home Friday night. They got uh, Toronto. Toronto Marlies. And then uh, Saturday night, they are hosting the Rochester <laughs> Americans. So, speaking of the Utica Comets, there he is, the man of the hour. He's our guest. How's it going, tonight. guys? How are we doing, Ryan? He is the assistant. I'm sorry, Doing the, well. the assistant athletic trainer for the Utica Comets, Mr. Ryan Monaco. What's going on? How are you? Not too mad. Not too much, man. Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. Like I said, you know, this has been something I've really been interested in finding out. That that whole behind the scenes thing, because we were talking before you came on about, you know, a lot of times we'll we'll talk about what happens on the ice and we'll talk about plays and big saves and goals and the X's and O's and power plays and all that. But there's one thing that you know people really don't know about. How do we keep these players operating in tip-top condition? And that is where somebody like you steps in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes. A lot more than I realized prior to taking on this job. Um, and there's a, a whole team of people that make it happen. Um, we have myself. We have the head athletic trainer. We have massage therapists. We have acupuncturists. We have orthopedic doctors, regular doctors, strength and conditioning coaches, sports scientists. And there's a whole group of people that, uh, I mean, the AHL's development league that go into making sure that these guys are ready to play, not only at the AHL, but to make it to the next level. No so kidding. there's a whole lot that goes into it. Yes. Wow. I didn't realize that there was that many people involved. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot. Yes. And that's just, on a, what was that, Verms? Thought there was like three of you, not that many. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a great team that they put together here for us, so it makes uh, makes my job kind of kind of easy. So it's good. Well, especially when you said acupuncture, someone. Oh my goodness! I go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to know what the sports scientist does. You know, that's so, a good question. Yeah. So the sports scientist, uh, the transition that I've seen in the past five years, um, before. There was just a regular strength and conditioning coach, you know, and he just, you know, did lifts, um, created workout programs for guys in season and out season. And now that role is really transitioned into where not only do you have to be a strength and conditioning coach, but you have to be a sports scientist as well. So what that person does, what's up, Jer? What that person does is uh, he he tracks players' heart rates during practices. They have GPS monitors on um, during the practice to kind of see their workload, uh, and puts it all into formulas and really is a useful tool in returning to play for an injured player. No kidding. That, that is, that's, that's fascinating because Mm -hmm. you you just don't realize that 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 much goes into it. That's, yeah, it's actually really incredible that, and all this is happening right here in Utica too. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, right here in Utica. That's amazing. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about your, your background. Now you're a physical therapist. So tell us a little bit about that and how you came to the comments as the assistant athletic trainer. So I, I graduated from a place called Dominican college in 2004. Uh, I got my degree in athletic training. And then after that, I went uh, to Utica college for physical therapy, Um, graduated from there in 2011, worked at a few places and then uh, went out on my own in 2016. Uh, during the 2017-18 season, I got a phone call from the athletic trainer at Utica at that time. His name was Toby Blosser. 
and there was a ton of injuries on the team that year and they you know needed they needed a hand and the the text message kind of went like he introduced himself and he's like hey would you be willing to work with some of our guys and i like dropped my phone real quick and i was just like this is not real life so um they came over to my office uh had two two uh guys that had surgery and then um the captain carter banks had a knee injury that kept him out for quite a bit of time and developed a relationship with those guys, did a good job, got them back. And then the following season, 2018, 2019, I was brought on by Vancouver to be a more permanent staff member. Okay. So, All right. So, so since then, so, so that's through the NHL franchise then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything goes through, uh, everything, uh, hockey, uh, player contact goes through the parent club in, uh, in Vancouver and now New Jersey. Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, with your role with the Comets, because I mean, like you just blew my mind with the amount of people that you said that are, are involved. So, what exactly would your role be in the in the the, uh, the chain of things? I guess. So, I go down every day for practice. Uh, so that consists of just working with the guys, the regular players that are in the lineup, getting them ready for practice. Uh, after practice or when they're on the ice, the injured guys then come into the training room and we work with them, um, just on whatever their rehab program is with whatever they got going on. Um, during a game, I uh, show up about two, two and a half hours early, get the game guys ready. And then during the game, it's, you're just kind of standing there and crossing your fingers and hoping that nobody gets hurt. If someone gets hurt in the middle of the game, they get passed to me or Johnny and I switch places. I'll go on the bench. Johnny will come off if he has to do a concussion evaluation or they just get placed to me. Excuse me. One second. <laughs> thought that was Jeremy. He's got, I was going to mute him. <laughs> it looks like one of those commercials you see on TV That's where the right. kids slip in from the back room. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We're, um, just, we're just going to use this so, over and over again, so don't worry about it. Don't feel bad, Ryan. Right? Dave does the same thing all the time. It's okay. <laughs> right, right, right. We're just going to run that clip, Ryan, over and over again. Perfect. Yeah, that's fine. So, um, so yeah, during the games, it gets you know, like you have to, you have to really, you have to really be on all the time watching. Um, the situation in Buffalo earlier this year kind of, you know, shook, you know, shook me up as an athletic trainer because an athletic trainer saved that guy in the Bills' life. Yes. When and immediately and started administering CPR. So situations like that, you hope that they never happen. Um, a lot of the times, unfortunately, in sports, especially a contact sport like hockey, it can happen, and um, you just have to be ready for it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely incredible. That that's awesome. Yeah. So, as a as an athletic trainer, what are some of the common injuries you see with hockey players? So with hockey players, especially at our level. Um, probably the most common one they see is like shoulder injuries. So when I speak about like acute injuries that happen, like in the middle of a game, you're going to see concussions and you're going to see AC joint sprains just because they're throwing their bodies around hitting people. Uh, that's just kind of what happens. And there's nothing you can really do about it to prepare for it. You're hitting at an awkward angle and that sort of thing happens. Um, other times fractures of the hand or foot, if they're blocking shots, uh, and then other injuries that happen in hockey, both at the youth level and all the way up through, is a lot of hip injuries. And that's just from the nature of skating. Sure. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. I can. I'm going through now. I can certainly attest to that. <laughs> is the concussion protocol the same as the NFL, or is it different? How does it differ? I'm not sure how theirs is. I think most leagues have established what their criteria is as far as the return to play and what they have to do. Um, it's usually a five or six step process once you get them asymptomatic. Uh, for us, what we do, um, they once they're their baseline, they do their computer test and they're fine. We'll try to do something to get their heart rate up and see if that increases any uh, any symptoms. Um, if they're able to progress through that, they're doing a body weight workout. Uh, and then we send them on the ice, sometimes by themselves, um, just to acclimatize themselves with uh, the puck and moving the puck around. Um, you go into a practice, a non-contact jersey in a practice. Once they're cleared from that, they'll go to our neuropsych which is right here in Utica as well. Another member of the team is a neuropsychologist. They do another computer test and a paper test. Um, they pass that, then they're good to go. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, because, I mean, they actually have uh, quite an extensive uh, ability to treat the players right there at the Adirondack Bank Center as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, we have a training room down there. Um, so we do a lot of, a lot of the work happens right there. Some long-term injured guys will just come over to my office uh, and, and just get some treatment there. If they're not skating and not on the ice. Um, you know, they'll, they'll just come over to my office and get work done there. If, uh, the team's on the road, then I'll just go over to the rink, skate the guys that are back, um, get them ready to go for when the team comes back. Very cool. Very cool. So do you guys have a lot to do with like uh, preventative maintenance as well? Yeah. A lot of the preventative maintenance stuff kind of happens in the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of preventative maintenance stuff kind of happens in the off season. Cut, cut for the commercial. <laughs> during the off season, during the off season, there's um, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, both at the NHL level and the HL level, checks in with the prospects and makes sure that they're doing everything that they need to do as far as exit meetings at the end of the year, where the team wanted to see them go. Um, and just check in with their trainers and their physios in the off season to make sure that they're on the right path for the following year. Hmm, very interesting. So we got a comment here, but during a game, uh, if someone's hit, I see them go off the ice when I think it's a mandatory, what do they do in the locker room to see if they can get back on the ice? So, so yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was, so I guess basically what's the extent of what you guys can really do to get them back. So, on? so when someone gets hit, um, we, the doctors and I, kind of convene, bring the player in, kind of see what's going on, evaluate them as fast as possible because you, you, you want to get them back on the ice. There's nobody really replacing them. It affects the lines. It affects the numbers. Um, so we try to get them back as soon as possible. Uh, at that point, if the injury is not terribly severe, we make the decision on whether the player can return safely, if they can protect themselves. Um, some guys, it's a lot harder to convince them, you know, to tell them like, you know, you, you, you cannot go out, you know, you, you, you can't go out there. You can't shield yourself from getting hit. So it's best if you stop. That, the, that's got to get pretty tense sometimes. It's tough. Cause there are some guys that would have a leg cut off and still want to go out and skate. Jeez. Um, so that makes it tough. The I'm quite sure if I'd want to tell Mason Gertzen if you're not playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to like, man, you know what? <laughs> you make choice, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna sit this one out. You know, <laughs> Doc, Doc, you tell you tell him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. Um 
the the nice thing about um, the New Jersey organization that was different from Vancouver was that when we would have an injury, say it was after the game, uh, our closest team was Kalamazoo and then oh. Vancouver all the way across the country. So we had to make a determination really quickly whether we needed to send somebody up or if someone could go up to Vancouver. Um, right. Now having uh, Adirondack so close and New Jersey so close, it just makes it easier. It makes it easier for us to send someone to the hospital that needs an x-ray or whatever needs to be done. So, And do you nice. work with the uh, the other two organizations often insofar as like exchanging information, stuff like that? Or yeah, not, not hidden yeah. information, I'm just saying as far as, you know. Right, yeah, practice. no, they, uh, they, they want to know especially New Jersey wants to know what's going on with their players at all times. There's uh, text messages and phone calls every day uh, on what's going on with the guy. When's he going to be able to be back? Um, if they're going to get called up, they want to know everything that's going on and notes have to happen on everybody every day. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Barry says, so I take it that it's the trainer's decision and not the coach's. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so there's and, and obviously Coach Neen would never override you guys or anything like that. You never have to worry about that. No, sure. it's no, it works out. It works out really well. He takes he takes everything we say into consideration um, really well. Uh, we have meetings every day with them before uh, before practice, um, letting him know the timeline of guys that are coming back because um, he's got to make a practice plan. Uh, who's going to be in an injured skate and who's ready to be with the team? Wow, that's yeah. yeah. And again, that, and, and see, this is what I was talking about going behind the scenes because you don't realize just how much goes into it. Yeah, it's cool. You yeah. know, when you go to a game, you think, oh, they skate on the ice. Oh, that's it. They're going to play the game. And that's that's all. But it's hours and hours yeah. and hours of preparation on top of it. It is. It is. It's a long game days are long days for these guys. I mean, they show up, they show up in the morning, 830. You have a morning wow. meetings. They go over videos. They have their, you know, their normal game day routine. Some guys go on the ice. A lot of the guys go on the ice. Just a kind of a, they, yeah. They skate. They skate in the mornings on game days. And then they'll go home. They'll eat some nap, and then they're back at the rink at four, four fifteen, four thirty, uh, getting ready for pregame pregame stuff. You know, I always kind of wondered that too. Just what time they get to the rink? That's that's something yep. I always kind of wondered. That's that's really neat. Uh, yeah, because you have your own personal practice as well, so you're a very busy guy. I do. Yeah. I'm, um, I've got a, I've got an office inside of Accelerate Sports. Uh, I got a great team there, which allows me to, during the season, be able to be as expendable as possible down at the, at the rink. So it's, uh, it, it's nice. It's, it, I got a, a busy life six months out of the year and then the rest of the time I get to relax a little bit. Is there a, a big difference between working with like, say professional athletes and just like, you know, like a, a regular person coming in off the street? I mean, I'm sure there's gotta be some differences. Yeah, definitely. Um, the thing, the thing that I noticed the different or the biggest difference is, you know, these guys, when they're injured, you know, it's their job. Like this is their, this is their nine to five. This is their job. So you know, a normal person, you know, that comes in, you know, for physical therapy, we don't treat them any different. You know, we still give the same amount of care, but they're restricted by insurance companies. Right. They're restricted by co-pays. They're restricted by all these things. Whereas this professional athlete, this is their job. They're in every six out of the seven days a week, sometimes, you know, seven straight days of doing rehab to get to get better and to get back into the lineup. So that would be the biggest difference that I see on working with a professional athlete versus, 
or how we handle a professional athlete versus, uh, you know, high school, college, recreational, things like that. It's, it's, it's their job to get back. So that's sure. a big responsibility on our part to get this person back to doing their job. Right. No, that, that absolutely makes sense. Uh, guys, you got any questions? No, I just can't. What was that, Verbs? You travel or you only at the home games? So I, I'll do, I will travel. Um, the determining factor on me traveling a lot is how many injuries there are. So if we have injuries and guys have to stay back, I'm the one that gets to stay back and um, I get to be on the ice and skate with them at that point. So That's it's, cool. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to do that. I grew up playing hockey and um, being able to be on the ice with, uh, with pro guys is, is surreal for sure. Um, running them through their stuff and their drills and just seeing just how incredibly good they are. And even, you know, when we get, you know, the NHL caliber guys down here, how much they different, uh, they differ from, you know, an AHL veteran, even, you know, when I was skating with Holtz earlier when he first came down and it's just like, wow, this is, this is a first rounder. So that's really awesome. I, you know, I didn't yeah. really think about that either. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is, um, is there much difference between the NHL and the AHL as far as what they would be going through on a daily preparation basis, or is it pretty much the same? Um, I think as far as the daily prep, uh, I, w- I would imagine it's about the same. Um, the difference being is, you know, the, the travel, the meals and the budget in the NHL is a lot different. Um, they, you know, you're, you're on a bus for six hours versus being on a plane everywhere. So right. uh, it, it's, it's different. Uh, what I hear from the guys is that playing in the AHL is considerably harder than playing in the NHL. It makes sense though. It makes sense yeah. because like with the NHL, your first class planes, you know, and all that, and, yeah. and like you're you know, just a lot of, a lot of bus traveling in the AHL. Yeah. That, and just the league. I mean, it's, it's, it's a grind. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a harder league. It's the yeah. jungle. It's yeah, you're playing, you're playing three and three sometimes. It's gotta be tough on the guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, when we have three and threes, that's where the sports science part really comes in and developing practices. Like when are we going to give days off or, and that decision doesn't come from me, but when is it going to be recommended that we get days off for the guys? Because they could be, you know, really gassed at that point going into a, you know, three games on on the weekend and you know so that's where practice plan and all of that information that gets presented to the coaches that's where it's very important that brown point with that yeah those three on those three and threes have got to be brutal they they got to be on the players oh yeah yeah it's it's tough it's it's tough and it seems like at the end of the year the schedule though there's not much um there's not much travel we have at the end of the year, but we've packed a lot of games in against the sure. same people over and over again. And every game counts right now, as you guys know. So it's it's almost like the playoffs have already started. Yeah, we were just talking that's, about that earlier. That's Man. the feeling we're having. Yep. Wow, that North Division is just crazy right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Barry wants to know if there's much difference with your training with a goalie as opposed to a forward. Yeah, the goalies, you know, the goalies, they have their own goalie coach. They have their... Um, they have their own, their own way of doing things. Uh, they, 
they are constantly on, you know, whether they're playing or whether they're in practice, whereas guys can get reps, you know, there's multiple lines. The goalies are always on right now. We're running a three goalie system. So we got three goalies here to kind of give our guys a little bit of a break. So the big thing with goalies that we watch is hydration because they lose a significant amount of weight while they're playing. Um, but yeah, a lot of emphasis goes into training them differently. Um, whether it's with workload management, uh, hydration and just, you know, hip mobility, uh, things like that. Hand-eye coordination. I know earlier this year at development camp, um, down in New Jersey, the guys were doing different vision testing, which was wild for the goalies to kind of determine their near nearsightedness versus farsightedness and how that, uh, correlates to tracking pucks. So wow. it's, it's crazy stuff. Wow. It's almost like virtual reality stuff. Jeez. Yeah. It, yeah. How was that experience see, down there? I see that now as virtual reality is really coming into play for a lot of different sports. Is that, has that been implemented at all for the goalies? Not, not at this level. Um, and I'm not sure I can't speak to the NHL level, but I'm sure it's only going to be a matter of time right. before something like that happens. How was your experience down in New Jersey? That had to have been pretty cool. I don't think he heard you. Oh, probably. <laughs> Ryan, did you hear that? He froze. Oh, the screen froze. Screen froze up. That's all. He'll be back. <laughs> all right. I'm out of here. All right. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Hold we got Jordan talk. Oh, let's see here. We got. Oh. Speak. There we go. Oh. All right, we're back. <laughs> he was just he was just taking care of the kids. He didn't want another no, commercial no, to be no, made. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was the virtual reality is what it was. Yeah, it was what yeah. it was. Yeah. He was virtual to begin with. We were talking to a, yeah. a chat. We were doing a chat bot thing with it. This wasn't a real guy. Now the real guy showed up. I hope I don't disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> the AI was pretty good, buddy. I got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so how was that experience down there in New Jersey? That had to have been pretty cool. That was great. You know, it was um, it, it was a pleasure working with Vancouver. You know, that was that was awesome. Never got the opportunity to go out there. It's so far away. Um, but being invited down to development camp in New Jersey was great to see what an NHL locker room and setup is, and being with all the draft picks and working with some of our guys that were invited to development camp. That was that was a really neat experience. Yeah, that that had to have been awesome. That that really did. Uh, yeah. So tell us about your tell us more about your personal uh, your 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 personal job there, the SPI of Utica. Oh, okay, so um, SPI. Uh, so there's there's two companies there. There's SPI, which is the strength and conditioning portion of the company, and myself and Mike Jarmack uh, started that as a way for athletes who were injured and done with physical therapy to be able to be ready to go back and play sports. Um, that turned into an off-season training type facility. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I thought, well, let me take a chance and go out and on my own for physical therapy. Uh, took a gamble and it worked. And so now it's this nice streamlined machine of our injured athletes get transitioned to SPI, SPI athletes that are playing a sport and unfortunately get injured end up into the physical therapy realm. So it's just one big circle. And we have 
have a great relationship with the colleges in the area, Utica College, Utica University, Hamilton College, um, a lot of the local high schools, some pro guys that play uh, overseas that come back and train with us during the summer. Um, it's a really, really fun environment. I'm lucky to be able to do what I do every day. It doesn't seem like real life because um, essentially I'm just playing all day. So. That's really cool, man. That is, that yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Uh, do you do just exclusively with athletes or do you have um, non-athlete clients as well? We have non-athletes there too. It's um, I would say 80% of our population is the athletes, but there are, you know, just like, it's like a normal physical therapy clinic. And some of the people that come in that are non-athletes really enjoy athletes. Uh, It takes a special kind of person to kind of be in our office. It's, It's so there's a lot going on. There's music going, there's, people working out and people really kind of enjoy it. They keep coming back and we, we kind of shake our heads and wonder why they, they like it, but they do. And um, we're just, we're very fortunate. I got a great group of great staff over there that, uh, that keeps it going. So it, it makes getting up and going to work every day. Very fun. Uh, it sounds like a mutual friend of ours office as well. Kevin Kress. Yeah. Kevin Kress is a get, great dude. Guys learn from each other. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we certainly did. We certainly did. He's got a great setup out there. So that's awesome. So yeah. if uh, they need your services, how do how does anybody get a hold of you? Those damn shirts. <laughs> Those damn shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they make everything more challenging. It's gotten harder and harder. It really, it it really has. Uh, my, I feel terrible for my admins, and Kevin can attest to this. It's just it's a constant battle to get. Uh, to get our athletes and our patients, you know, the appropriate visits needed to even, you know, if someone had an ACL surgery, it's a, it's a six to nine month process before you can get back uh, to playing. And, you know, they might give you 20 visits. So you have to be, you have to be very diligent and good with what you're doing and timing. And it's, it's a battle. So. Yeah, I, I had the the hip injury there, and it's just you know, it's like, come on, I'm I'm getting old and brittle here. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? Have... What do you mean getting? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, when you're a legendary fourth line beer league guy like I am, all right, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and to get me back, well, in a couple of years, yeah. <laughs> but uh, how do, how will they get a hold of you if, if they need some uh, physical therapy from you? So, yeah, uh, it's just call the office up or you can find us online at spiutica.com or call the office 315-765-6187. One thing that has really made us uh, kind of unique and and different is that no matter what, we try to get the person in within 24 to 48 hours. Um, I'm astounded every time I hear someone come to our office and say, you know, our doctor sent us, you know, to this place and we called and they couldn't get us in for three weeks. And to me, that's just not acceptable. Um, you know, they want to, like anybody else, you want to get faster, you want to get faster recovery and better yesterday. So we start seeing them right away. Um, evaluation process usually turns into a treatment um, on that same day. So those are the, that's, that's what to expect in our office. Yeah. So. It's, uh, but so, you're, but you're right though. Those insurance companies, man, they make the world go round. They, they really do. They've, they've got us. They've, they've got us. So. <laughs> Boy, and that is certainly an understatement right there. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Guys, you got any other yeah. questions? I don't think so. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. 
Thanks, Burns. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, man, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been so much fun. It, it really has. Yeah. Uh, just one other question I just thought of before we uh, before we let you go. So when you're on Sounds the good. bench in the role as, as the athletic trainer and there's an injury mm-hmm. out on the ice, do you have to wait for, like, a signal from the ref to come out? Or if you can kind of tell right from the bench, say, oh, that's not good. They've already stopped. I'm just jumping on. Yeah. Yeah. So knock on wood, thankfully, whenever I've been on the bench, I haven't had, I haven't had that situation happen to me, but um, for in, in other sports where I've been on the sideline, yeah, you, you kind of use your judgment. Um, you know, it'd be when I see someone in high school football get hit, like I'm not going to let some, you know, umpire referee kind of dictate what I'm right. going to do with my injured player. I'm going to run out there and do it. I think they like to do that. They wait to call you out, but um you know, you're, you're watching the game, you're in it, you, you know, what's going on. You're going to go out there and, you know, try to administer care as fast as possible. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was younger, like early nineties, there was a, a trainer for the Calgary Flames. His name was Bearcat Williams. And he went out to go tree. He, he jumped, he saw it was a bay and, and they hadn't stopped play yet. And the guy almost got run oh. over trying to get some. <laughs> Watch out, Bearcat. Yeah. 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 It's, um, man, it's, it, it, it can, it can, I, I was thinking about it the other day. Like we had a situation uh, on, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday night where there was a guy, whenever we were playing Syracuse and there was a guy and he went awkwardly into the boards on the opposite end of the rink. And um, he ended up, you know, messing up his wrist pretty bad. And I was just thinking about that situation. If he had gone down right in front of where I stand, where the players come out, you know, I've, I'm, I'm going to hop out there and, and help him until his trainer yeah. can come out and uh, just being prepared for that. So, yeah. but Yeah, because, I mean, you actually can help tough. with the other teams as well. Yeah, so when, that's that's another role that we have in uh, during the home games is when they most teams don't travel with a doctor or multiple staff members. So when one of their guys gets hurt, especially when they get cut, um, you know, we're down there administering the stitches. So me and the orthopedic. Oh, wow other guy or uh, or primary care docs are down there and we're, we're, we're stitching guys up and that's the, the insurance that co- as possible. The insurance companies get into the middle of that. <laughs> um, so, no, but uh, a, a funny thing about a funny thing about stitches that, uh, that has been brought to my attention, especially in the face, there's this kind of like unwritten rule that, and for every stitch that you have in the face, it's a thousand dollars. Oh, so you try to <laughs> wow. guys, will, guys will ask, like, you know, really pack them in there. If you, <laughs> if you could do, do five or six, throw them in there. So, darn, yeah, bonus money, <laughs> double <laughs> stitching them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, get the machine out. We, we put five in, and you know, thanks a lot. So. And, you know, actually, yeah. since we got Verm here, so in the event a referee gets injured at a home game, it's the home team's responsibility, right, for the trainer to, to check them out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, last year, last year we had to stitch up a guy, uh, one, one of the guys, he got he got hit with he got hit with something, whether it was a stick or a puck. He, I think he jumped into the middle of a fight and got cut, and, you know, he's laying on our table getting stitched up and sent back out there. So, yeah, they're, 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 they get taken care of just like everybody else. See, even referees are hot and tougher or in hockey are tough. I mean, it's incredible. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't yep. see any marks on Verm at all. He, he, he does. That's why, he's got the, well, that's why he's got the beard, the goatee going. <laughs> okay, <that's> all right. <laughs> Verm's, a, Verm's a goalie. Verm's a goalie, so he gets he's protected yeah. pretty well. I'm not a goalie anymore. Oh, you retired from goalie. Man. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. 
Well, it was those hips that you were talking about earlier. That's what it was, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know how they, they – yeah, that's, that's a tough position, especially – Man. Especially uh, uh, when you're in the bar leagues, you get hung out to dry pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you too, yeah, you watch like at the AHL level, you get the goaltenders that are just, they're they're big, like, you know, like an Akira Schmidt and Nico Dawes. They're not small guys to be able to do what they do with the flexibility. No. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, no, yeah they're not, they, they are big. Nico's, Nico's very, very bottom heavy and Akira's tall and man, yeah, they're, they're moving. That's what they say about me. I'm bottom heavy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very. Is it like the old days where players would get stitched up without pain <coughs> shots? No Novocaine. Yeah. Um, so the only time I've ever seen that is uh, uh, Vincent Arsenal. I don't know if you guys remember Vinny oh, yeah. Arsenal yep. from the Vancouver days. Um, yeah, he would want it as he would want stitches as fast as possible. And he was a nut job and wouldn't want any Novocaine, which was just, which was wild. Like, but he would take it. He was one of the toughest guys that I've ever worked with and a good friend. I liked yeah. him a lot. Good dude. Yep. I got a stick. So, good yeah, nice. Good dude. Nice. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us about this. This has been so much fun. This really Thanks has. for having me. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Sorry right. for the, uh, Sorry for the little uh, nah, interruptions. Hey, hey, listen, that's what makes this show great because you, you yeah. just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, we will see you at the rink very soon because, like I said, we'll be there Friday night. So Yep, Friday night. So big yeah. game, and hopefully we can hopefully we can get the points needed. And hey, oh, One more here. I was going to ask his Gertzy said anything about the Arsenal fight. Oh, boy. I knew somebody was going to bring that up. (laughs) I haven't brought that up to him at all Um, (laughs) because, I I mean, I was there. I remember that, and that that fight put Ars out for uh, for that year. Yeah. Um, So that was tough. But, man, it was, uh, you know, knowing this year that we were getting uh, Geertsen, it was nice knowing that we had someone with a little bit of grit coming yeah. back and they can handle themselves and you could you could see it on the ICs but he's he's such a great locker room guy um he's always protecting everybody and he's just he's he's fun to he's fun to watch so, I'm going to tell you so no I haven't brought that up He's got the best hair in the AHL I don't care what anybody says Oh yeah it's yeah. awesome Yeah he does I he love does. that mullet it's great Yeah shout out to Paulie Randall's barbershop there he goes there and gets <laughs> uh gets cut up by Paulie Randall <laughs> so <laughs> Paulie uh Paulie was a former fighter and tells Geertsen all the time that he would take him. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I believe him. A barbershop fight. That's going to be, yeah, that's that's so cool. be yeah. a pay-per-view. We, we yeah. can, we can yeah. video that. You know, we can live stream that great. pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to see that. I'd love that. Yeah. Maybe just like WWE. Could you imagine? That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... Uh, yeah, I was just about to say that. So, end of one, Syracuse is up two to one on Rochester. Like we were saying just before there, Brian, just as long as somebody wins that in regulation, it's all yep. you're a comments fan, yeah. that's all you want. So, yep, that's all. Uh, so. I'll have to tell you what Gertzy said about him. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like I said, Ryan, yeah. thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks it's a lot, guys. A lot of fun. And like I said, we will see you soon at the rink. And let's do this again sometime. It was so much fun. Absolutely. I loved it. Thanks a lot, guys. All righty. Thank you, thank you very much. Appreciate it.
All right. That was Ryan Monaco. That was so much fun. That, that really yeah. was. I, I tell you, I, I just love shows like that. And, again, to, to get that behind the scenes that look was, at things. That was interesting, yeah. You I know? liked it, yeah. It really was. So, like I said, the only, you know, well, the only real game going on right now as far as AHL that anybody around here is concerned about is Syracuse up 2-1 to one against Rochester. So, so do you want to root for Rochester, really, or at this point? You know, looking at the standings, I, I'm telling you, and, again, I, I – I still can't see how the, the crunch and the comets don't finish in the top three, but I mean it. It really doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, if you're you're the crunch, you want to obviously win in regulation to put some distance between yourselves and you know the Americans and the comets. But if you're a comets fan, you don't care who wins this game. As far as as far as I'm concerned, anyway. You know, if if the crunch win in regulation, yeah, it puts distance between the comets and the crunch, but. It also levels things up with Rochester as far as games played because they have a game in hand on the on the Comets too. If Rochester wins, it means they leapfrog the Comets into third place. However, it keeps the Crunch within striking distance of second. So it, it's a it's a big convoluted mess right now in the North Division. So, wow. but, it, but it's a fun convoluted mess. All right. So, all right, fellas. Well, I think that's about all the time we got for this week's show. Uh, again, I want to thank Ryan Monaco for coming on and talking to us about the the assistant tra- the assistant athletic trainer for the Utica Comets, and of course, I want to thank you guys, Jordy and Vermi, for coming on. We appreciate it, and of course, we want to thank you for watching and listening to us. And of course, we we appreciate all your, so- your support. Please subscribe to our shows on the podcast networks, say like Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever, and YouTube. All right, so for. Jordan Brockway, for Mike Verminski, for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week on 315 Hockey Live.